Today's reading is 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Now about the times and seasons, brothers, we do not need to write to you. For you are fully aware that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying peace and security, destruction will come upon them suddenly, like labor pains on a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. But you, brothers, are not in the darkness, so that this day should overtake you like a thief. For you are all sons of the light and sons of the day. We do not belong to the night or to the darkness. So then, let us not sleep as the others do, but let us remain awake and sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love and the helmet of our hope of salvation. For God has not appointed us to suffer wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. He died for us, so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with him. Therefore, encourage and build one another up, just as you are already doing. But we ask you, brothers, to acknowledge those who work diligently among you, who preside over you in the Lord and give you instruction. In love, hold them in highest regard because of their work. Live in peace with one another. And we urge you, brothers, to admonish the unruly, Encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, and be patient with everyone. Make sure that no one repays evil for evil. Always pursue what is good for one another and for all people. Rejoice at all times. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in every circumstance, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Do not extinguish the Spirit. Do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test all things. Hold fast to what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. And may your entire spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. Brothers, pray for us as well. Greet all the brothers with a holy kiss. I charge you before the Lord to have this letter read to all the brothers. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. This is God's Word. What is God's will for your life? That is an important question for every believer to consider. It is always helpful to remember that God's will has two aspects to it. First, there is God's decreed will. This is what happens. Everything that happens. Everything that happens does so because God caused it to happen or allowed it to happen. If someone lives to be 110 years old or dies in an accident at age 10, that was the will of God for that person. Number two is God's desired will. This is what God wants to happen, morally speaking. Every command of God expresses his desired will. Do not kill is God's desired will. It was not God's desired will for anyone to sin or for any of us to die. Death is the consequence of sin, and God commanded humanity not to sin. In God's decreed will, however, people sin and people die every day because he allowed sin to come into this world, and death is the consequence of that. To put it another way, God's desired will is do not kill, but God's decreed will includes many acts of murder. Those acts of murder were all displeasing to God. They were all outside of his moral will, 
he is not to blame for any one of them because they were all committed willfully by people. Yet the Bible teaches that they all happened under his sovereign lordship. Too many Christians get preoccupied with what God's decreed will is, and not enough of us are concerned about what God's desired will is. To repeat that more specifically, too many Christians wonder who God wants them to marry, what vocation God wants them to have, whether they should buy that Ford Focus in red or in blue, but not enough of us think about what moral commands God wants us to obey. Here at the end of 1 Thessalonians, Paul commanded the believers, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. What is God's will for your life? Among many other things, it is God's will for you to be thankful. And notice, we are commanded to give thanks in all circumstances. Whether your marriage is happy or not, whether your career is going well or not, whether the red Ford Focus you bought is reliable or a lemon, God wants you to be thankful. In this fallen world of ours, there is always plenty to complain about. If you have a great marriage, it still isn't a perfect marriage. And it's easy to become angry and resentful about your spouse's weaknesses, limitations, or irritating habits. It is easy to forget that other people you know lost a spouse to illness much sooner than expected. Or if you are the person who lost your spouse way too soon, it is easy to forget that your spouse was good and loving to you during the time that you had together. Every circumstance in life could be better than it is. Most circumstances in life could be worse than they are as well. But God's command, God's will for us, is not to be thankful because it could be worse. God's will for us is to be thankful in Christ Jesus, according to verse 18. Regardless of what hurts you, frustrates you, angers you, or makes you complain about your life, Christ Jesus came to redeem you from it. He's promised you a better life in eternity and rewards for following him obediently in this life, regardless of the circumstances you live in. He also promises to use whatever circumstances you live in to refine your faith in him and make you stronger as a believer. So are you thankful for your life as it is right now? Are you rejoicing always, as verse 16 says, giving thanks in all circumstances, as verse 18 says? If not, let this simple verse refocus your mind. What is the will of God for you? It is to be thankful to him. So what can you thank him for today? I'll see you next time.